Here are the highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. Visit freetalklive.com for the full episode. We were just out, Tyler, you weren't with us, but we were out at the the local bar here that takes cryptocurrency uh, in town. And they got their TVs on and the news and sports and stuff like that's on. And so one of the stories was uh, Massachusetts town has busted an illegal daycare operation. (laughs) Now, that's not to say that something like an illegal daycare couldn't have been done before or wasn't being done. I mean, absolutely, they were being done. Certainly they were being done. Um, you know, it's a way to lower costs. Right? Mass you babysitting, basically. Yeah, you don't have, uh, you just don't go and get the permission slip from the government. And you get some trustworthy friends who have kids, and they bring their kids over and they go to work, right? Like so, as long as nobody talks, then it's a successful operation. <laughs> Good to go. You know, as long as nobody snitches on what's going on. You got to say that with a Boston accent. As long as nobody, I can't do a Boston accent. Yeah, <laughs> I can only do sort anyway. of a New York accent. Yeah. Right. Well, anyway, uh, so that's and whether it had to do with COVID or not, you know that's happening more now because, well, under COVID, you're not allowed to have daycare centers operating, and it, from what I understand, right, in a lot of places, I don't know if that's true here in New Hampshire, but this was Massachusetts, and mm-hmm. I suspect it's it's true there. I, I don't know what the rules are, but I suspect that if it's not a large business, a multinational corporation, absolutely, mm-hmm. they're not allowed to be open. How many daycare centers are multinational corporations? None. That's why they're not open. Right. So you you still have people who have kids who have to work, and they feel like they you know can't leave them at home for whatever reason. They're not old enough or whatever. Welcome to the COVID-19 prohibition era, where gym rats have gone underground. Governments can legislate all they want, but prohibiting stuff with eager buyers and sellers is super hard, says Jeffrey Mirren, economist at Harvard University, who spent three decades studying prohibitions. Well, at least somebody has finally studied prohibition, because it certainly seems like the prohibitionists have not. Clearly. (laughs) Uh, They continue to tell people that they can do or that they can't do certain things, they can't have uh, certain things. And, of course, we're intimately familiar with the war on drugs. It's been going on for our entire lifetime on Free Talk Live. We've certainly called out the insanity of that. But the insanity is always the same when it comes to prohibition. Okay, So when it comes to drug use, then you know you see people overdosing because they get product that's not what they thought that it was or they get product that is what they thought it was but it was 10 times stronger you know or whatever which is not what they thought it was right and so there's all kinds of problems with the drug marketplace and i suspect we're going to see problems with the underground gym marketplace it may not be as nasty Mm -hmm. uh but how many of these gyms are running with insurance you can't run with insurance if you're an underground gym Good point. Yep. Sorry, you're gonna say. Oh no, I just think it's funny. I imagine having to do a secret knock to get into your gym mm-hmm. now. You know yep. what I mean? It just it it's weird to me that like, I mean, imagine if you get arrested or you get a fine for having gone to your gym when you weren't supposed to. How do you not feel like you live in some type of authoritarian nanny state at that point? You know, unless you want to get fat sitting around your house or whatever. And there's home workouts you can do. So it's yeah, not like is. you have yeah. to go to it. You certainly don't have to go to a gym. Um, I, I don't personally, but uh, some people do. You know, they like the range of the equipment that's uh, available there. And if you want to do weighted squats, I mean, it's really difficult to, to do that at home. find something else. I mean, they're they're coming out with pieces of equipment that like your handles that you hold yeah. and that kind of thing. But then you're holding on to 
250 pounds, and that's hard to do. Yeah, if you're a gym gym rat, I think is the term that some mm-hmm. of the gym fans use, you don't want to start doing home workouts, right? Like, it's you miserable. Say, I did that this, this yeah. whole thing. Yeah, it's miserable. So, uh, anyway, they've outlawed it, and so this story is looking at the consequences of prohibition. We've, we've studied prohibition for years here on Free Talk Live, and we know what the consequences are, and we know they're always unintended, and they're also predictable uh, in a lot of cases. So, take the case of Christina, paralegal and gym enthusiast from Tucson, Arizona, who asked us to not give her last name for fear of being labeled a snitch. In mid-April, about two weeks after Arizona's governor shut everything down, she got a text from her gym's owner. She was a regular at the gym. He told her, uh, and then Jim only had about 40 or 50 members, so, you know, she knew the guy. Uh, she told her the gym was still open, or he told her the gym was still open, and she should come back. So she says about the people that were in the gym, who, again, she didn't know, she says, well, these are the typical gym bros. They're grunting and using all the equipment, taking selfies in the mirror, flexing their triceps. It's bizarre, she said. The worst part is that none of them was social distancing, wearing masks, or sanitizing their equipment. <gasps> this lady went into the gym... And she was expecting to see a sanitary environment? Everyone should be wearing biohazard suits. Well, maybe she was used to those things happening in the gym. You mentioned, Mark, that you cleaned off the equipment or you are used to cleaning off the equipment prior to COVID. So maybe the way the gym etiquette was when it was a legal gym was that the people are more careful and they're more likely to clean the equipment down. She thought she was going to, at the very least, encounter the way things used to be at her favorite gym, but instead she's encountered the way things are under prohibition now at her favorite gym, where it's like the different crew of people, the ones that are willing to take a risk, and the ones who don't care that much. Well, okay, so um, when we mention that gym etiquette is to clean your machine off, Mm -hmm. just because it's gym etiquette doesn't mean that half of the people do it. Right. Um, There's plenty of people who walk away from a piece of equipment. Maybe they forgot. Maybe they just don't care. I mean, you know, there's lots of dog owners that let their dog go poop wherever they want, and they don't pick it up. The bros had somehow learned that there was still a gym open in town, and in just a few weeks... She learned the gym had more than doubled its membership. And as the owner later told her, the gym was charging everyone a higher membership rate. Why wouldn't they? Indeed, higher prices are another classic unintended consequence of prohibition. With less competition and higher risks in black markets, entrepreneurs can charge extra. Same thing's true with drugs. Right? Mm-hmm. Drugs cost way more because they're illegal. They, they should be as cheap as aspirin. Mm-hmm. You know, you want to go get some heroin, it should be like, you know, the cost of a bottle of aspirin to get heroin. But no, it's you got to pay yeah, an arm and it, a leg. It's a it's an old drug and relatively easy to produce. Right. Uh, so let's see. So, again, talking about the higher prices. Uh, by, oh, another point is another classic side effect. Violence and corruption. Quote, disputes tend to be resolved violently because the participants in an underground market can't sue each other in state or federal courts. And as I pointed out earlier, if you're an insurance company, an underground gym operator comes to you and says, I want to buy insurance for my illegal gym. The insurer is going to be like, hey, I'd love to sell it to you, but I can't. Yep. It's not legal to sell insurance to people who are doing illegal things. Well, it's like if you deal with a drug dealer, right? A lot of drug dealers carry guns, and a lot of them aren't very friendly. And it's not surprising that if you're a gym owner... You can't go to the cops if someone's being belligerent, so you've got to go, hey, you got to sort it out yourselves. Right. One difference between classic prohibition and this new one is their duration. It may feel like an eternity, but it's only been six months since the COVID-19 prohibition era began. 
The research by the Harvard guy, Mirrens, shows that the longer prohibition goes on, the less effective it is. He and a colleague studied what the federal prohibition of alcohol did to booze consumption, using death rates from cirrhosis of the liver as a proxy to measure it. They estimated that at the beginning of prohibition, alcohol consumption dropped sharply, about 30 percent, or rather to about 30 percent of what it was before. But within several years, it had shot back up to the 60 to 70 percent of pre-prohibition levels. Suppliers, he said, learned how to make moonshine in bathtubs and smuggle booze in from Canada, and consumers got tired of the dry spell. The longer gym shutdowns last during COVID-19 prohibition, the more likely people will evade them. And keep in mind, it's summer. Come this fall and winter, millions of workout fiends in cold climates could right. have fewer legal options to exercise. Right. Like right now, you can go out to the park, you can grab a hold of that pull-up bar thing mm-hmm. that they've got uh, you know, set up there, and you can do your pull-ups there. Yep. You can potentially do enough push-ups to you know, make things happen, or you have your friends sh- sit on your shoulders, or whatever the, the situation is. But, uh, you know... I, I, I've been trying to do squats mm-hmm. with those giant rubber bands, bands. Yep. and uh, tricky, I mean, huh? I'm just thinking about the uh, athletes that are, uh, are not going into the game, right? Now uh-huh. these guys, some of them make two, three hundred thousand a game, right? Okay, okay. We agree on that, right? I guess. Sure, it sounds believable. I, so, I don't know. I don't know what happened to your phone quality there, Larry, but it just went to uh, crap. Hello, can you hear me now? It's all right. It sounds like you're maybe a little too close to the microphone. I don't know. It's a little warbly. Okay, Go ahead. How's that? All right, try it. Okay, yeah. You know, when they lose that money and leave it on the table, right? Mm-hmm. This shows you how color people think of each other. They are so stingy with their money, they wouldn't play the game and contribute it to some fund to help struggling black businesses. They can say, uh, we're <laughs> going to play these playoffs. And contributed to some uh, uh, funds to help black businesses that are struggling. Maybe you got yeah, a black could. business that needs a new truck or something, or a decent truck, or needs a new machine or something. They won't do that, but they'll mm. do the showboat and stuff because they hate other colored people. They don't have no concept. Whenever they get that can't be true. Own, you think they, they hate not, people just because of the? Color. You think they hate they people do. because of the color of their own yeah, skin? They do. Yes, they do. They do. Or they would take that money off the table and contribute to a fund to help their brothers and sisters. The athletes are taking themselves off the table uh, because it's killing these businesses. These huge businesses that are making billions off of their athletic talent and then using those billions to oppress the average everyday American, black, white, red. Now, hold on. Black. You're going to have to take me through this process. How? Not that I'm a fan of these mega corporations that, that run you know, NBA and NFL and all these things, but how are they oppressing people? Me. Uh, the, their policies. They support um, the government. Sure. They the governments are, get, build them stadiums, for instance, and they don't have yeah, to pay for them. I mean, for instance, I live in that town. We're paying for a, a stadium that was torn down 10 years ago. We're still paying for a football <laughs> That's stadium. a good point. Okay? That's funny. We've already built the second one. Jeez. We're paying for Market Square Arena, which was torn down 15, 20 years ago. Um, wow. These, these companies, through their economic policies, mm-hmm. oppress us. 
just like you were saying, drugs should not cost this or that. Uh, just like these governments are telling people when and right. what businesses they can or cannot open. Hey, Daily Digest listeners, this is Riley Blake. I enjoy Free Talk Live, and I know you do too, but finding time to listen to an entire episode isn't always easy. So, I produce the Daily Digest. I appreciate those of you who have supported me on Patreon and sent Bitcoin to me to thank me for producing these digests. For those who wish to support me on Patreon, visit patreon.com slash crblake86. If you wish to send Bitcoin, visit patreon.com slash crblake86 for those details. That's patreon.com slash crblake86. Thank you. I was referring to Uncle Tom's cab in the book. Uh, the the premise of it is you got the slave owner, Simon Legree. He's got a trustworthy slave, Uncle Tom. He goes to Uncle Tom one day, tells him to beat another slave. Uncle Tom refuses because he's not that kind of guy. So what Simon Legree does is he goes and finds another slave named Sambo, has him beat Uncle Tom. Mm -hmm. Larry is that kind of guy. Anything that upsets the power structure upsets him. He is the power structure's canary in the coal mine. You're right. We are not a monolithic community. Uh, I'm odd for a black guy. I'm a range rat. I'd spend the whole day on range if I could. Um, Shooting range? Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with this group out here that calls themselves the not fooling around coalition. No, what is uh, that? Calls themselves, they, they're supposed to be a black militia. Mm -hmm. uh, they're run by this guy who goes by Grandmaster J. <laughs> uh, but what they are is a bunch of we hate white people kind of black guy. Mm, okay. I get a phone call from my son's school. He's a senior this year. He's 18 years old. And they say, your son has to stay home for two weeks. And I said, Okay, did he beat somebody up? And they said, no, he may have been exposed to COVID. May have. And I said, yeah, he may have been exposed. And I said, well, how? And they said, he was sitting closer than six feet to someone in class. <laughs> oh, wow. And then I asked them, did they have their masks on? And she said, yes. I said, was the person he talking to, did he test positive or he test positive? And she said, no. And I said, well, why can he not come to school? He violated he protocol. We have rules. But they're in the hallways in between every school, and they're not six feet apart. Well, they I, need to I've be. Got, I've seen pictures <laughs> from the, the kids at school, and they're, they're, I mean, they're walking down the hall, high-fiving each other and slapping each other on the rear end. Good for them. Uh, <laughs> but when you're in class, you got to be six feet apart. Yeah. Well, there's no logic. There's no. Uh, it's all for show. There's th this whole thing is absolutely ridiculous. And the sad thing is, there are some parents who. Now you're pointing this out because you realize the inconsistency, and in you're, you know, you're not in favor of some of these things. Tyler, you are a gamer. A little bit, yeah. Uh, I, I think you play more than I do, honestly. <laughs> uh, but yeah, you guys are always like blasting away on uh, what was it? what's the game you play right now? Killzone, Call of Duty, Call Warzone. Warzone, that's the big one. That's what it's called. There yep. is a Killzone game. Yeah, that's a different game, though. I right? think so. Yeah. Okay, so Warzone. But there's a new. Is it Call of Duty that's coming out? Yep. Yeah, Call of Duty comes out with a new game. It's like every year now. Wow. And yeah, and they alternate. There's two it's different developers that do it. Right. <laughs> so now it's it's the Black Ops turn. 
Uh-huh. They released a new game, uh, a teaser trailer for it, called uh, Black Ops Cold War. And it's all based in the 80s and the 60s, I think that whole era, the Cold War era. And okay. it looks great. But um, as soon as they released the trailer, they had to take the trailer down what? and replace it with an edited trailer because it had uh, clips of Tiananmen Square in it. So they're mixing in real-life video clips with gameplay footage? Yeah. Well, okay. the trailer's really interesting because it takes clips from a 1984 interview with a former KGB agent, and I'm going to butcher his name, but it's Yuri, I want to say, Bezmanov. Okay. And by the he, way, the interview was done by G. Edward Griffin, the guy who wrote Creature, wrote Creature from Jekyll Island. Yes. And uh, in the interview, uh, he explains how um, cultural Marxism – or neo-Marxists, right? Like this concept, which by the left is considered to be a right-wing conspiracy theory. But it's the idea that communists were going to um, uh, get inside our education systems, mm-hmm. inside our government, inside our communities. You can't have a swastika on your clothing if you're on a college campus. But if you have a sickle and hammer... Totally fine. Yeah, totally fine. Because mm-hmm. communism's apparently not bad, even though... All the people they murdered... Right, no yeah, Stalin, Stalin, Mao, more. Yeah. tens of millions, doesn't so, matter. And, and that's that's kind of how I feel about this whole uh, shtick now where we're dealing with uh, these, you know, the, the, the lootings, the burnings, and the shootings, and all that stuff. Hey, you know, I can sit here over to the sideline like Switzerland and say, both of them are bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. And what I mean is, is that World War II... Whether Americans like to hear this or not, at least the European theater of World War II, wasn't a conflict that really where England or the United States were particularly relevant. Mm-hmm. It was a conflict between uh, Germany and the Soviet Union. Right. Well, you know, and that's the thing. It's like fascism, right? There are certain values within fascism that conservatives share. Not the bad ones, right? Not the genocide. For the most part, but like there are certain values that are there, but we can still the left say, share some of them too. Well, and the left does share some of them too, but we can say we know fascism is bad. Where the left goes wrong is that a lot of these values that they have, they share with communists, and yet they don't understand why communism is bad. They couldn't no. or wouldn't say so, right? Right, um, and. Yeah. So, well, they have a fantasy about what well, they believe it. Everything should be. that was has been done this thus far wasn't real real communism, communism. Right. and it wasn't real communism. It was Activision that made news. I think it was last year, and actually the Forbes article here about this mentions this. Uh, it was controversial. Yeah, it was about. It was last year, last fall, when they banned a Hearthstone player for his pro Hong Kong statements That's that right. he'd made. He was going to mm. be in a tournament, and they said, "No, you're not. You're not going to be in our tournament. You can't represent our company because we want a contract with China. We've got games to sell." And that's the same thing that's going on here with this uh, this Cold War. Right, because it's not about whether or not Chinese uh, people can play the games. Believe me, mm-hmm. they'll find the games. Right. They will figure out how to get the game. It's just that activism wants to be able – Activision wants to be able to sell it in China, which of course – I mean everybody wants to make money on their product. It's just that once you begin compromising – your principles, and I'm not, I don't know what their principles are, mm-hmm. but once you begin compromising morality for the almighty dollar, then, you know, that's, burp, 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 that's the uh, sound of the four horsemen coming in. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's to me, we've seen this in like the NBA too. They've excluded people from um, saying things about Hong Kong and like, you know, um, 
there are other, you know, rich people who have been questioned about that, you know, doing business in China and they won't comment on it. I watched one of these trailers and it was just all clips of real life, uh, you know, things from the 70s and 80s with the Cold War. Uh, just trying to set the stage for when this game is supposed to take place, but I didn't see any shooting footage or anything like that. No, they have released some. It's just not mm-hmm. in that original trailer. Gotcha. Yeah, and we're seeing some more of that with with video games these days. Not that I pay close attention, but I do watch here and there. I do watch some like the video game news. Uh, there's a there's a podcast that I watch kind of just to kind of keep up to date with some of the things that uh, that are going on. And there's a lot of like teaser trailers that used full motion video of just actors. And special effects and things like that that like are supposed to just kind of tantalize you that this game is coming out, but they don't actually show you any of the actual game. They're not like in-game cutscenes that are animated. They're just humans. Right, makes it look better than it's gonna be. Yeah, (laughs) I mean, I I mean, I get that the video games are starting to look pretty incredible. They're Mm -hmm. really getting close to being photorealistic. They're they're very good. What I love about this teaser trailer um, is that it's using clips from the 80s. It's mm-hmm. using a real interview. And then it mentions that those who do not know their history are doomed to repeat it. And it's kind of this ominous message. It's sure. like, look at what's going on. It's, Could it be it, that communists are taking over now? The photograph that they used for the promo art for this cuties thing in the United States was completely different from the original promo art for it, which just showed like some, you know, girls walking down the street or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like it, they completely made it into this sort of over sexualized thing that apparently the movie may not actually be. Right. And I think they did that for rage bait to get mm-hmm. people talking about it. They did. But, and it got people talking. Right. Rage well, And then bait. the other thing is, is when you find out what it is, a lot of people go, oh, well, this is against what I thought it was. Mm-hmm. So maybe I should watch it. But to me, it seems like that. That's how you lure people into accepting something that they don't want to accept is you go, hey, look how bad this is. Look what we did and look how bad it is. You don't apparently from what I've read is that over six months they had 650 kids come in and audition to be part of this this movie. Hmm. And it's like, okay, if you're going to say something's bad, you don't hold auditions doing the thing you're claiming is bad. Right. And then over and over and over and over over again and then show Mm -hmm. people, look how bad this is. It's like, well, you did it. You know, this. these aren't kids in beauty pageants. You pulled them in, and you made them do this for you. Would you which would you say is worse? What we're talking about here, the, uh, the these, uh, you know, Hollywood types, uh, you know, having, what, hundreds of uh, young girls come in and uh, twerk before them, mm-hmm. or, uh, say, the FBI running uh, the world's mm-hmm. largest uh, child pornography ring for uh, multiple times for weeks on end. I've gone to China for 27, 26 years now. Mm-hmm. On and off, uh, some some years, twice a year, and uh, spent time living with Chinese people because my wife is Chinese. And anyway, 25 years ago or so, China was actually quite, um, they were leaning, tending to lean towards free markets and capitalism and even uh, some free speech because people were actually speaking out against the government, at least at the street level, people on the street, taxi cab drivers and stuff. They were very vocal about how the government's ripping everybody off and all that stuff. Hmm. I heard it uh, over and over. You said that was 25 years ago. So what changed? This new president? Mostly, yes. Mm -hmm. The, The administration's changed. And also 25 years ago, nobody in China was flying a communist flag. I mean, that was one of the things I noted Hmm. was, boy, they're not 
they're not patriotic at all in China. I never saw anybody with a Chinese flag on their shirt. That's surprising. No you would think that sort and, of stuff would be mandated. Like in, uh, you know, in North Korea, you have to have a, a photograph up of the dear leader and his grandfather. And, you know, they all have to be there yeah. in, in your house. And if they're not, you can be punished for it, right? When I was in Hong Kong, though, I met – so the, the, the colors there aren't red and blue like they are here in the United States. You know, somehow the Republicans got red, which signifies communists, mm -hmm. and the, the Democrats got blue, which has always signified the state. Uh, whatever. Um, but there it's yellow and blue are the colors. And in Hong Kong, there are plenty of blue Chinese – Yellow being the sort of people that want Hong Kong to be free, but hmm. um, blue being the ones that want China to come in. There are plenty of blue Chinese that are you know, looking for more intervention. They're proud of uh, their Chinese heritage, and I don't even I, – I just could never understand them. Well, what you're looking at is China for the last – you know, since the handover in 90, uh, 97 or whenever it mm -hmm. was um, – I went to Hong Kong before the handover one time, mm. and then the second time I went to Hong Kong, it was after the handover. And I noticed absolutely no difference between it, but that was because it was early. Right. But what was but what China has been doing is slowly moving mainlanders into Hong Kong. Mm. And it's the mainlanders in Hong Kong that are, mm. you know, that at first they were outsiders, and now there's more and more of them. Because Hong Kong only has a population of, what is it, 4 million or something? Only. It's not a, <laughs> It's a huge, yeah, it's it's a not huge a lot city. Of people. There's a, a positive silver lining coming, I guess, from the COVID crisis in Manchester. Oh. Apparently, they're uh, Joe Kelly Lavasser, a uh, I think he's a board of aldermen member. He's a Manchester politician. Uh, says that the uh, student enrollment has dropped 600 uh, by 600 students since last year. Student enrollment in what? Uh, in Manchester government schools. Huh. Okay. So, yeah, so a lot of people are keeping their kids home for, um, you know, they've done, they've now done homeschooling. They've been forced into it for like three months. Why not keep going? Why not keep going? It's not so hard. A lot of people figured that out. It was a friend of, um, a friend of our family mm -hmm. figured out that, you know, she had previously said, there's no way I could do homeschooling. Well, now, um, yeah, they're, they're doing it. And it comes just as in, in the nick of time because the ones who were left apparently uh, managed to pull off uh, the kids. The, the, there was a student's uh, student involved race riot, a uh, small race riot at one of the Manchester schools. Oh, no. OK. Apparently what? they had to send supposedly had to send eight officers to break it up hmm. in Manchester. Yep. Wow. So was it students fighting students or students like destroying things in the school? Well, I, uh, what I heard, well, what the union leader reported was that some there was a racial taunt that triggered it. Colleges for a long time have tried to some extent to crack down on partying, but now they're getting a little more serious than they've ever been. Things are getting more insane uh, than they have ever been. And Tyler, you're you're the the uh, the host that's currently in college. You, yeah. However, you're not going back to the campus uh, that you've been going to. You're going to be doing the online classes here. Yeah, I'm not going in, but, uh, you know, I'm having a little get-together on Saturday. 
I mean, we're calling it a political function. It involves my buddy who's going to be running for governor in 2022, and that's a good enough reason to get <laughs> cool. together and drink. Yeah. So, I mean, I wouldn't call it a party, but... We, are they telling you as an at-home student that you are also not allowed to get together with people, or is that a rule that's only on the campus? That's only on the campus, um, and if you do get together with a gathering, I guess, and you're on campus, you need to get tested. I actually think they're doing weekly tests um, for all the students that are going into campus or living on campus, which is kind of ridiculous. And then correct me if I'm and wrong. what about the false negatives, by the way, or false positives? or whatever. Which apparently there's a ton of them, you know. Right. Um, I, I went to my doctor here in town, mm-hmm. and he, uh, he had some blood work done for me ahead of time. It might basically check up. And I asked him, hey, did you do a COVID test? Because I would, was curious as to what the results are. Like, no way. Mm-hmm. I didn't do a COVID test. Why would I waste my money on those pol- false positives? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like he's like they're basically useless, right? Yeah, I don't understand what they're going to do because once they get a positive, even if it's a false positive, I mean, my guess is they'll just shut down campus again. You just heard highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. You can download full episodes, subscribe to our podcast, listen live, and more, all for free at freetalklive.com.